his house and gathered in his name to worship him. He have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship him. We have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship Christ the Lord. Worship him, Christ the Lord. Let's forget about ourselves and magnify his name and worship him. Let's forget about ourselves and gathered in his name to worship him. Let's forget about ourselves and magnify his name and worship Christ the Lord. Worship him, Christ the Lord. Amen. Now, if you turn with me to 235, we will sing, Take the Name of Jesus with you. And uh, may that be your prayer. May that be your goal this week through uh, work, whatever you may face during the week, to take the name of Jesus with you and proclaim his gospel boldly. All four verses. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and Precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. Precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. Take the name of Jesus as a shield from every snare if temptations round you gather breathe that holy name in prayer precious name oh how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven precious name oh how sweet Hope of earth and joy of heaven. Oh, the precious name of Jesus. How it thrills our souls with joy. When his loving arms receive us. And his songs of tongue employ. Precious name. Oh, how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name, oh how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven, at the name of Jesus bowing, 
falling prostrate at his feet. King of kings in heaven will crown him when our journey is complete. Precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. Precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. All right, I think I'm on there. Well, good evening. I'm glad to have you guys back, and I trust that you got a, had a good evening, got a good nap while you were home. I know I did. I'm thankful for that. I saw somebody in a restaurant or a store earlier said Sundays are for uh, Jesus and naps, and I like that shirt. I need to get me one of those. Uh, amen. And football and during football season. So anyway, I, I pray that uh, God uh, blessed you this morning with our messages this morning, and uh, just pray that He'll give us something new and afresh this evening. And uh, somebody, I was talking with somebody on the way out the door earlier, and they said, we're going to have to have you back more often. You got done 10 or 15 minutes earlier than normal. And I said, well, she said, well, I know how you are. You say what you got to say, and then you're done. And she's exactly right. That's that's uh, typically how I preach. It's not about me. It's not about how long my message is. It's all about Him and what He's going to do. And He can do it in a five-minute message or He can do it in an hour message. Uh, but I'm just going to give Him what I feel like He's given me. And uh, that'll be that. Amen. So that being said, I'm not going to keep you long tonight either. So you'll be able to get to your roast in plenty of time. I promise you that. But I pray that you'll get a blessing from the message here tonight. So we're going to be in the book of Luke. Luke and chapter 7. I was expecting a heavy rain today. I don't think we ever got it, did we? Or I slept right through it, one of the two. And either one's possible, by the way. I'll give you a minute to turn to your places there in the book of Luke and chapter 7. Trying to get used to these wearing glasses. I don't wear glasses typically, but I've got one eye that's getting a little worse than the other. and uh, tend to look at my, my iPad and my Bible cross-side, so I figured it's about time to do something. All right, and your Bible's there in Luke chapter 7 and verse uh, 36. And the Bible says, And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, 
and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed five hundred pence and the other fifty. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore which of them will love him the most. Simon answered and said, I suppose he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not, did not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he saith unto her, thy sins are forgiven. They that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he saith to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Let us pray. Father, once again, we are thankful that we can still gather in Thy house, Lord, that we still have the freedom, Lord, to come out and worship You. And Lord, we just pray, God, that every person that showed up here this evening would be blessed and receive what they need from this message here tonight. Lord, I certainly pray, God, that You would help me Bless your word and bless our time together. Father, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So back in our text here in verse 36 and 37, we see this man, Simon, who's having this uh, meeting here in his house. And we see Jesus here at the table, uh, kneeled down there or laying down there at the table, if you will, while they're eating there. And uh, we see how this woman busts through the door and comes into the house and immediately people start judging uh, both her and Jesus, which we talked about this morning, judging people. All of a sudden this guy jumps to conclusions about who she is and what she's doing there and about Jesus' uh, reason for fellowshipping with this woman. That obviously he didn't know, uh, wasn't who he said he was or she, he would have known automatically who this lady was, amen. And that's where we're picking up here she knew who he was. And she knew he was there. She went there, by the way, with a purpose. She came prepared to worship. And Jesus was her only focus. She walked in with this alabaster box, this special box of perfume there. Uh, this alabaster box would have been worth a, a year's wages. That alabaster, that wood, it's a special wood. You, it's, it's hard to find, it's rare, and it's soft and carvable. It's a special and expensive wood. And here she walks in with this box with the perfume in it and just proceeds to break it open and anoint her Lord and Savior. Uh, it was probably the equivalent of her looking for something special today to grab to take to Jesus and walking in and grabbing a diamond the size of a quarter, if you can imagine that. That's how valuable this alabaster box was uh, in comparison to today's time. 
It was the most precious thing available to this lady at the time to bring to Jesus. You see, she already had a burden. Why the burden? Because she saw what he did in the past. Well, what was that, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. See, I started studying this story here uh, in Luke 36. and You don't really get the idea of how big this sacrifice is. You don't see all the aspects of the story here. This is why as we study the Bible, uh, we need to, to do just that, study the Bible. Don't just read through and take for granted what you're reading there. You need to study, uh, especially in the Gospels. Go through all four of the Gospels and compare these stories. So again, in Luke, we don't see everything, but now let's go to Mark 14.3. Turn there with me. Mark 14.3 says, And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon, the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on her head. Now I want to go back to that first part right there. And being in the house of Simon, the leper, now turn with me, if you would, to the book of Numbers in chapter 5. In the book of Numbers in chapter 5 and verse 1, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper and everyone that hath an issue and whosoever is defiled by the dead. Both male and female shall you put out, without the camp shall you put them, that they defile not their camps in the midst whereof I dwell. So they're in the house of this former leper. Uh, here these Pharisees within the house are passing judgment on a woman for being a sinner. And here this man is a leper. Uh, he wouldn't have even been able to be anywhere near these people. As a matter of fact, he would have been taken out of the city for about a month or more until he was cleansed from his leprosy. I believe we've got a hypocrite in the house. He wouldn't have even been able to be anywhere close to Jesus. As a matter of fact, he wouldn't have been able to be near anyone, including this woman who he's calling a sinner. Boy, how we forget sometimes where we came from. How easy it is to turn our nose up at some people. But now we're shedding a little light on this story and we see that maybe it wasn't this woman that had the problem in the first place. Then we look at John's side of the story. Look with me there in the book of John in chapter 12. John in chapter 12 and verse 1. Now watch this, then six days before the Passover came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Then there's a reference there in my Bible that says 11.1. So I back up to chapter 11.1, and the Bible says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. So now we're shedding a little light on this story, and we see the glory 
and what this lady sees. Now we see her purpose and her plan. The same woman that was at the tomb of Lazarus is now by the table with Jesus. And my friends, she remembers. You see, nothing was as valuable as the life of this lady's brother. And nothing was good enough to give to this man named Jesus. When God works in your life, I promise you this, you'll never forget it. When you see miracles, it'll change your life forever. I remember uh, back in, uh, I don't know, 2014, I think it was, when we had our first airplane donated to our ministry. And yeah, I said first. He's, he's given us two now. Um, that airplane needed a wing, and we knew that. It was a significant cost. As a matter of fact, it was uh, $15,000 that we needed for that wing. And mind you, when God gave me that airplane, uh, I didn't even know how we were going to put gas in the thing. I had no idea how we were going to afford a hangar or even tie-downs out on the flight line to keep it. And now, all of a sudden, we've got this $15,000 burden, and, and we've got to come up with this money. And we went to a local church there close to where we live, and I remember I went there and, and presented our ministry, and I just mentioned uh, this burden. And they called me later that night and asked me if we could come back, I don't know, the following week or two. So we went back there, and uh, we were sitting in the, in about where my wife's sitting there, uh, in a pew and singing a congregational. And as we were standing there singing, somebody came up and set a ga- uh, gift bag there beside of my wife. And we finished the song, and we sat down in the pew, and I didn't really think a whole lot about it because uh, that's typical for churches to give my wife a, a small gift or something. But when we sit down, I kind of glanced in the bag and I had to do a double take because inside the gift bag was a, a, one of those plastic bank bags like you see uh, that zip on the top from, from your bank like a business person would carry. So, of course, the curiosity got the best of me and I unzipped that thing. And there in that bag was $15,000 cash from an anonymous donor for that wing. And that was one of the first miracles in our ministry that my wife was able to uh, witness. And I can assure you, she'll never forget that day. And she'll never forget that gift and that miracle from the Lord. My friends, I'm telling you, that was just a monetary gift. Can you imagine what Mary was feeling here, thinking back about the Lord bringing her brother back from the dead. I promise you this, my friends, when God does a miracle in your life, you'll never forget it. Uh, Mary was willing to part with her pay that day, and she was also willing to part with her property. That box you see and that ointment were worth a lot, but it meant nothing compared to her Jesus. She only had one focus, and that was her Savior. That was her burden, and that's where our burden needs to be tonight. Many times we get focused on other things in this world and how bad things are and, and uh, the things that are going on here, but we just need to do one thing. We need to continue looking upon the Lord. He'll take care of everything else. I hope you came tonight expecting something new and afresh, but not from me. I hope you came looking for that miracle to change your life and your line of thinking that will change your praise and your sacrifice. i got to say, I did come here this weekend with a burden. I started praying a week ago that somebody would get some help today and I wanted Jesus to make a difference in that one person's heart. And this lady here, she was the same way. She had one burden. She had tunnel vision. And I've seen this, I'm telling you. Someone that has a focus on one thing and can't focus on anything else. 
I'm telling you, you take your wife, men, down to the Tanger Outlets in Myrtle Beach, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, we're getting ready to go down there in a couple of weeks, and my wife's already talking about the pocketbook store down there. One focus, tunnel vision. She can't take her eyes off of this thing. This scares some people, by the way. It scares me, amen? Seriously, here, uh, uh, this, this does sometimes scare people. Some are already holding on to their wallets here this morning. Men are starting to sweat. I can see it across the sanctuary. <laughs> but I want you to understand this story here. This wasn't about money. And this lady's wife, it was all about the master. Amen. My question is, what's it worth to you tonight? Look there back in our text at verse 38. The Bible says, And stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Number two, she offered her praise. So we see the picture here. She walks in, and the Bible says that she's behind him at his feet there, wiping his feet. So he must have been kneeling down there in front of her, and she was behind him, focused on nothing but Jesus. I'm here to tell you, my friends, that's exactly where I want to be. In this revival tour down in the Bahamas, when I'm flying the airplanes, when I'm up here preaching, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, I want to be behind Jesus, amen. I want Him to be there to call out my name to the Father, amen. I want Him to be in front of me no matter what I do. It doesn't matter, I was talking to this precious sister a while ago, I said, you know, it doesn't matter what we say when we're witnessing to people or when, even when we're leading people to the Lord, amen. It's all about what He does in their heart, amen. I'm glad it doesn't depend on me today because like I told you this morning, this man will surely fail you before the night is over with. It's all about Jesus. She offered her praise. Throughout the week, many times we offer 40 to the boss, but I'm here to tell you it's hard to get anybody to commit four hours to God this day and time. Uh, look at our church tonight. Full this morning, and I, I'm not bashing your church because I can assure you ours is the same way this evening. We'll have a full house, 135, 140, 150 people Sunday morning. Where do they all go during the week? My question is, how do you make it during the week without it? My wife and I were actually sitting in a restaurant earlier talking about Wednesday night services. Friends, I need Wednesday night services. I need Wednesday night services more than I need Sunday night services just to propel me through the rest of the week, amen. We need to be focused on one thing. We need to have tunnel vision tonight. We need to be looking at the Savior. I'm telling you, He's coming soon, amen. Are we watching? Are we focused? Or are we looking and focused on the world? What's it worth to you? What's it worth to have Jesus listen to you when you have problems and you need that miracle to come through? What's it worth to have Jesus listen to you uh, when that sick person is in the hospital? What's it worth when you're going through a battle with depression or alcoholism or anything, anything that you can imagine in your life when you're going through that battle, no matter how big or how small, what's it worth to you to have Jesus there to fight your battles for you? My daughter... Just a couple of years ago, I guess it was two years ago that she had her wreck. Uh, two years ago, uh, I was out there in the driveway and I was cleaning up our camper and my daughter walked out and uh, she, she kissed me by. I said she was going to run over to her grandma's house, which is my mom's. And I told her I loved her and to be careful. And uh, 
Typically, anywhere my oldest daughter goes, my youngest daughter's with her. Everywhere they go, they're together all the time. They're best friends. And as a matter of fact, my oldest daughter said that when she was walking out of the house, my youngest daughter was going to go with her. And as she walked out the door, she said, you know what, I think I'm going to stay home. But she came out there and kissed Daddy by, and she got in her car and left. And about five minutes later, I heard a scream from my wife that I don't ever want to hear again. My, ta- my daughter had been involved in a horrible car accident just five miles from our house. And I'm here to tell you, my friends, God was all over it. Because when we got there, I expected to see a bloody mess. I'll be honest with you. I knew she was alive because she was the one that called. Thank, thank the Lord, the person who gave her the phone was smart enough to do that for us. But we walked there and we walked up to the car and that's when my wife and I really lost it when we looked in and saw my daughter sitting there with a trickle of blood running down her knee. She should have been dead. I mean, this car was a mess. But the greatest miracle was the fact that my youngest daughter changed her mind before she walked out the door because the passenger side of that car was completely destroyed. At the very least, she would have had her legs cut off because the dash was against the front seat. I'm here to tell you that's another miracle I'll never forget. When God does something in your life, amen, He does it big. And you'll never forget it. Thank the Lord for grace. How do these people make it when you don't have God? Jesus is my personal Savior. He's the perfect Lamb. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the final sacrifice. He's the King of kings and He's the Lord of lords tonight. He's my Father. Do we praise Him enough for who He is? Or do we hide our candle under a bush? There was no shame here in this story. This lady had no focus whatsoever on anybody else in the room but Jesus. She walked in and she walked right by. And by the way, if I was sitting there at the dinner table with my family and some lady came busting up through the house, there's going to be a big problem, amen. I can imagine what my wife would say if this happened. But this lady didn't care. She didn't care what they said about her. She didn't care what they remembered about her. All she cared about was getting to Jesus. But remember this, she wasn't there to ask Him for another miracle. Sometimes we get so caught up, and by the way, the Bible tells us to cast all our cares upon the Lord. Sometimes we we say, well, you know what, I, I think that thing's too small. I probably shouldn't pray about that thing. I don't want to bother Jesus. Let me tell you something, my friend. If you can trust Him with your eternity, I can assure you, you can trust Him with that little thing just as much. Amen? And sometimes we get caught up in in the praying and the asking, and we forget about the praising. Amen? Sometimes, I'm riding down the road in my car. That's where I like to pray the most. That's my prayer closet, if you will. Uh, By the way, you don't have to pray in a closet. You don't have to throw out all your shoes. Women, if you did that, that would take most of your prayer time. Amen? At least it would in my house. Uh, What we need to do is just find a time to get along with the Lord. It doesn't matter where it's at. He hears you. Amen? Isn't that good to know? But you know, sometimes I'll get driving down the road in my car and I'll start praying, and uh, of course, I, uh, I think last time I was here, I taught you on the, uh, the prayer sandwich, and I always try to start with praise, but sometimes that praise is real short, and then I get down to the asking, and I find myself asking a whole lot more than I'm praising. Sometimes, we just need to, need to take a little time to praise Him, amen? Sometimes, we just need to thank Him for all the things that He's done in our life throughout that week, amen? Sometimes... We just need to say, thank you, Lord, for being 
my Savior. Amen? God is good. By the way, we've got to go tell people. We've got to be a witness. This lady didn't care. She wasn't embarrassed. And I'm, I'm preaching to myself right here, by the way. There are many times that I missed the opportunity to witness to people. But there are many different ways that we can do this. You and I were uh, talking about this before church started. And she said she likes to go out and give her testimony. That's the best thing that we can do is to tell people what God has done for us. But I also came up with these little business cards because I don't mind talking about airplanes and aviation to people. So I came up with a business card that has my name on it. And it says pilot. And it's got this pretty little picture. But on the back, it's got a plan of salvation. They don't mind taking my information since I'm a pilot. Like that's a great thing. But the great thing is on the back. Amen. So either way, I'm getting a witness across. There are many different ways that we can witness. And by the way, not every person is designed to witness the same way. Some of us have different strengths than others. So you just witness the way you know how to witness, and I promise you this, He'll bless you for it. We need to take the time to get the Word out there. Facebook, by the way, I brought that up this morning. I call it fake book. It's not all bad. I use fake, fake book for a lot of ministry. And I have a lot of people respond, and a lot of people reach out to me personally uh, about things that I post on there. And it can definitely be used for good as much as it can be used for bad. This woman offered her pay. She offered her personal property. She gave her praise. And she sacrificed her pride, number three. I'd say the number one reason for people not getting saved today is pride. I heard Billy Graham say that he believed that 85% of the people in our churches today are still lost. And i got to tell you, traveling from church to church to church in different countries and so forth, I believe he was close, but I'm not sure if that number was high enough. It's a shame what we're seeing in the house of God today. It really is. Pride is a killer. Verse 44 through 48 there of our text. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, and thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. I ask you this morning, can you imagine what people would say if part of the clergy got saved or if a preacher's kid came forward or maybe a missionary came to get saved? How, how people would judge this person. But what we should really do is just thank the Lord that that prodigal came home. Amen? I also said I'd rather be rejected by the world and accepted by one than rejected by one and accepted by the world and then die and go to hell. I want to take just a minute to talk about this place. Verse 50 there, and he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. So saved her from what? Number one, saved her from an eternal torment in hell. Number two, it saved her from separation from God. You may remember the story of Lazarus and the rich man and how Lazarus was there in Abraham's bosom, but the rich man lifted his eyes in torment. 
You say, was that a real story? Absolutely it was a real story. Because they used proper names there in that book. Is this real? Well, I've heard too many people and too many stories of people screaming in agony when they passed away and screaming the fire and the fire on my feet. I believe it's absolutely real this evening. And don't be misconstrued here in this story thinking I'm talking about money sending this person to hell. It's not about the money that sent this man to hell. It was the pride. The Bible says that pride goeth before destruction. There's no place for it in a Christian's life. It's not worth it to me. I ask you one more time this evening, what's it worth to you? Now look back here at the Scripture one more time. This last line here. The Bible says, Thy faith hath saved thee. Only faith. Not works. Not baptism. Not being a good person. Not tithing. Not coming to church on a regular basis. Not wearing the proper clothes. None of these things made this lady whole. Simply faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I gave you a salvation this morning to the best of my ability for those that were lost. Tonight I'm going to extend that same invitation to you because like I said this morning, I don't know who you are. I don't know your salvation, salvation situation right now. But I want to tell you this. Let me say I should ask you this. What's it worth to you? What's it worth to you to be able to have Jesus to answer your call and to know that you know that you know that if you took your last breath on the way home, that you'd wake up in Abraham's bosom? What's it worth to you to have Jesus there when you go through situations to help you through your troubles? What's it worth to you to know that your kids are wrapped in His grace every time they walk out the door? I ask you tonight, what's it worth to you? Everybody that can and will is stand all over the building with every eye closed and every head bowed. No one looking around. Maybe you need to take a little time this evening just to worship at His feet. Just like this morning, these altars are open. If you want to come up here, you're more than welcome to. Maybe you just want to sit down there and do business at your seat. Let's just take a little time this evening to thank Him for all that He does in our lives. To thank Him for His mercy and His grace. Those that are saved, to thank Him for our salvation. To thank Him for that eternal promise. To thank Him that we don't have to guess on a daily basis what would happen if we take our last breath. To thank Him for all the blessings that He's bestowed upon us each and every day. To thank Him for all the things that He does for us each and every hour. Even the breath that we're taking this very minute. Let's just say thank You, Lord.